0: Is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. Welcome to the Blue Room with me, Peter McPartland, Matt Jones, in the studio. Matt, we're going to Wembley. It's, right. all, it's all forgiven. Everything that we've said nasty to anyone this season, it's all gone. gone away. All forgiven now. It's going to Wembley.
1: Not really, though, has it?
0: <laughs> no, it <laughs> is. Don't be like that. We're just completely going to forgive everything that we've said. About everyone We're going to Wembley We're playing Either Manchester United Or, or West Ham
1: United so, Does that include Tim Howard as well Or not No I'm never Forgiving no, Tim Howard Not him I mean, No Every, Everyone else though We'll, we'll
0: Yeah we'll,
1: we'll, we'll just forgive If we
0: win We'll forgive everyone right. Everyone Doesn't matter Doesn't Literally everyone Not even Not even connected To Everton Football Club <laughs> Just just going to Forgive everyone just it's The a massive be, amnesty Yeah for Everything yeah, worldwide It's yeah. going to be just Passed down Um. We are playing West Ham or Manchester United. Out of those two clubs, which one would you fancy, or which one do you want?
1: Probably United, to be honest. I think West Ham are a better side at the moment. They've got, uh, and they've got, they've got Payet in a, um, who's like a match winner. Yeah. Um, whereas United, you look at them and you, you you've seen the way they've, they've coached them big games this season when they played against Liverpool in the Europa League last week, and they were absolutely terrible. They were awful against West Ham at the weekend, and. You look at them and you think Van Gaal's a manager who's probably going to be going at the end of the season. A lot of those players, I imagine, will be cleared out as well. They're going to rebuild again, and you just you just think they're definitely you can definitely get it them. Whereas, think as West Ham, they've got a lot more attack and threat. They're a lot more cohesive in the def- defensive play, and uh, probably causes a bit more problems on the It break.
0: Feels like it's been building up to this, doesn't it? With
1: West Ham, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it feels this, like this faux rivalry. It feels still, like, like
0: this faux rivalry, and um, you know things. You know, obviously the Payet thing down there. And then yeah. them coming up here, and and obviously we all know what happened the week after the week before last.
1: It just feels like it's all been culminating to this to this point. Uh, <laughs> well, we all played them for you know I know it all went badly pear shaped at the end, but we all played them for essentially eighty minutes with ten men in that game, yeah. and as well as they've been doing, there's not really that much between the two sides. if they're on paper at all, and no. you think. Overall, we've got a very good record against them. I think that was the first time in 15 games they've beaten us at Cuddleson. Mm. So we we, we have fared well against them in the past. So I, I think either way, you've got to look at it and you've got to think positive. And, and the both teams will open the game up at Wembley as well. And if we were going up against someone like Palace or Watford, who were going to yeah. you know, try and West Brom was off sort of style in, in the game, then we yeah. might have struggled a little bit in that and it might have been a lot more nervous. Whereas this game... Going to be playing against a team that's more on our level, more willing to come out and attack us, and it should suit the way we play.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think if we went, I think something like Palace, I think they'd go a lot more direct and and mm. and would be a lot more unapologetic in a semi final mm. about it. Um, but I think, I think for me, you know, it's almost it's as hard as it is easy. I I I think we should be winning this trophy now, mm. and if we get a little bit of luck. Or hopefully we don't need a little bit of luck. We can go on and win the two games. You know, it, it's a, it's it's the toughest draw. But at the same time, I think I'd rather have the toughest draw in the in the semi final. You know, you get through yeah. that, and and then I'm not saying it's an easy draw in the final because it's not. Watford and Palace are two very good sides who, you know, have proved this season that the good sides. But I'd like to think that when we a big pitch come May, it's fancies against those teams. So. Mm. Um, but let's just wait and see. You know what I mean? We've got to we've got to get through that. We've got to find out who we're playing first. Never mind who we're going up again
1: I think we've got the best side in it. I think we've got some sort of the, the best players in it. We've definitely got the best centre forward left in it. And and when you when you're in these tight games and you you know you're at Wembley on the big stage when you've got to play like Romilly the Because I'm sure we'll come on to it in a minute. Who can produce these these incredible moments in matches and and score goals and then that'll that goes a long way in these sorts of matches. So the fact that we've got him. Got Ross Barkley and other players who seem to be playing pretty well at the moment. So that that's just standards in good. And I think we are ultimately the best team left in the competition, on our day.
0: And what a way to set up the machete either by you know winning a tro- going to Wembley, winning picking up a trophy, winning a trophy. Um, because what a, there's not you know you're not going to get well obviously 21 years. You look at the look at the way it's fallen. Um, it's not not really going to get a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it uh, and in a way. I sort of feel like <laughs> some people will disagree with this, and some people will agree with me. It, I'd like, well, I would love to win a trophy anytime, but I like it. I'd really like to win it this year because I feel like it's the year Bill Kenwright's passing mm. the club over to someone else. Now, whether people agree with me or not, th- th- there is there is part there is a part of them that deserves something, you know. Even if it's mm. just forgetting it's this owner, this new owner. Part of me does thinks he deserves it for for his service. Whether whether people agree with that or not, I think, you know, you can tell he's been through the mill at Everton. You know, you can tell now, you know, what he said himself as health suffering now, and you think that man has gone through the mill at Everton Football yeah. Club and you know he, he deserves a trophy just for being a fan, like the rest of us, but gonna say but, that, it, but yeah. you know what I mean. He, he, he can you can tell you can whether you know. And I, again, people will agree with me they won't give me, but you feel like it. He, it would be nice to have something in his like while while it's sort of like this crossing over period. He deserves to have something in, in his tenure. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: And, and the point you made, you made about him being a fan, and he, he's probably one of the, the most passionate out there, isn't he? And you can you can imagine as much as it would mean to all of us. It would probably mean. The same, even not a little bit more to him. So, yeah, I completely agree. And especially with, uh, obviously, a lot of people mentioned Howard Kendall and yeah. how it would have been his 70th birthday the day before the cup final and, and, and that sort of thing. So, it would be uh, really fitting if we were to go on and, and win it this year. Against Watford, that would be
0: amazing. Mm, unbelievable. That would be, um but well, you can't write that kind of stuff, can you? That's, no. that's stuff that just falls into place. Well, let's we'll have to wait and see if it does fall into place. But getting here, obviously, we have to beat Chelsea. Um... And to be honest, going into this game, I've, you know when we got the draw, I was quite happy with the draw. You know, I know a lot of people were worried Chelsea, and they were on a good run, but I was never really that bothered. I was thought good of some park against a decent side. You know, I'd rather have that than some of the slip ups we've had in the last few years. Wigan, Reading, you know, this was a perp- per- perfect opportunity to go and play a side that you know you're going to get up for, you know the fans are going to be up for it, you know the TV stations are going to put it on at a decent time, um, and it all fell into place that way, and it was great because Goodison Park pretty much was a bear pit, it was a positive atmosphere, um, the the, the players got up for it, mm. and ultimately,
1: you know, the best team won. Yeah, it was, it was like the Manchester City game, wasn't it, in the Cup, I mean... I remember before that game, we we weren't really sure if this, this team had it quite in them to to, to win a big game at Goodison Park. and Especially after the, the poor home form this season. and After the West Ham game, I wasn't really that confident into this one, to be honest. Especially with the way that Chelsea seem to have turned the corner under hitting. They've, they've been playing with a lot more vigour. They've, uh, they've, they've, they've got the best out of plays like Costa, out William. I just thought that they would probably have a little bit too much for us on the day, but... You're totally right in what you're saying because the the way we came out in the first 20 minutes and, and, and pressed them was, was as good as we've been off the ball all season in, in that sense because it, it it annoys me so much when teams come to Goodison Park and they're just allowed to settle early on and mm. the, the the fans sit, sort of feed off that and they sit back and it, the whole ground goes into sort of malaise whereas when we've got players in the team like Aaron Lennon, Tom Cleverley, James McCarthy who are, who are up in the face of the Chelsea players... Snapping at the feet. I mean, I just wrote down here. James McCarthy made eight tackles in the match, which is more than the entire Chelsea meal, Chelsea midfield put together. When you see stats like that, it makes it really rings home the fact that they were on it from the off. They were looking to get in, to get stuck in. And when you play like that, <laughs> that's reflected in the crowd, isn't it? When you see players who are being ferocious on the pitch, looking to give everything, the fans do exactly the same. And it just all really clicked together really well in the game. And although we didn't create many chances, and our attacking patterns weren't. As good as he has been in recent matches, the fact that we had that that solid and, and tenacious base really really set us up well for the, the for the game. We've got to be like that, haven't we? we've yeah. got to We've got to,
0: as fans and as the team, there's always got to be that little bit of something in the game for me. When when we when we turn up for games and the team start playing the style, you know the pass, 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 and it's a slow tempo. Uh, i feel like it's you, you the crowd just, re- just relax and probably repeat myself here probably said this before but the crowd just relax you you get into your seat and then and then you waiting for something to happen and and you I, for me i just i've never i just don't feel like like that, that's the Everton way i mean whether if Everton have got a way or not then i always think playing with tempo is a big thing for Everton um you play with the tempo um it gets it gets everyone going. It gets it gets the crowd going. It, it you know it's fast. It's fluid. It's there's action. It's in, a lot more enjoyable, I think, than than the way we've been playing under Martinez. And the and the irony is is that against bigger teams at Goodison Park. That's how he sets the team up to play. And then when we play the lesser teams or the so called lesser teams, that's when he goes down to trying to break them down with nine hundred passes. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make any sense because it you know, the the bigger games take care of themselves or they should take care of themselves with Goodison Park. It's those lesser games yeah. that that uh, you know, whether you win those bigger games it doesn't matter as long as you're in the fight. It's those lesser games where we've come unstuck this season. I mean, the list of teams that have beaten us is absolutely criminal. Criminal, you know the likes of West Brom and Swansea at home, you know that that it's it's criminal those teams. And you think if we turned up, showed a little bit of fight, played with the tempo, got the crowd bouncing, you know, that's the difference for me. And I and I've, I look at Leicester, and I say the difference between them and us is is they work hard for a start. They work hard at every game. Every game is like a it's like a cup match to them they started with that attitude at the beginning of the season because obviously they finished the season last season with that attitude because they were trying to stay up every game was a cup final you are counting them off you know yeah. need to need you know however many points you needed towards the end of the season so every game near enough had to be a win and they started the season with the same attitude and it just carried them to 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 you know on the verge of winning the premier league it's it's incredible because they don't treat any game like it's just another, it's oh, it's just another Premier League game. Every game to them is a massive game. You look, yeah. you look at the earlier part of the season when they were coming from behind in a lot of games and 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 storming through and winning them. There shouldn't be this area of the season that you can just you can just you can just decide to uh, cruise through. And Roberto Martinez has made a point of saying. Um, the, the final third of the season is where things start happening. Well, it doesn't start happening because you need the first two thirds yeah. of the season to have a final third. Now, lucky enough, in the FA Cup, we have got a final third, so that's great. But in the Premier League, we've got absolutely nothing. We've got nothing. The best we could probably achieve is maybe seventh or eighth. That isn't going to get you into Europe, you know. Simple as that. You only have to, you know, it's not going to happen. The only way, you know, unless we win the thing or West Ham. Or West Ham here, or Man United, obviously get winning. The 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 the, the Europa might go to seventh, yeah. but we're not going to get seventh. So you need those games. You need those games, and 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 that's where you've got to take a leaf out of uh, Leicester's book. Not only winning nearly every game, yeah. but being up for every game. And I think I think that's something that we've lost under Roberto Martinez that yeah. we really need to find. Because I think going back and back to David Moyes, you know. I think under David Moyes, you look back, you think back, I, I mean, I'd, I, you might be a bit too young, but there was days, you know, we were playing teams like Portsmouth at home on Tuesday nights and we were finding winners in the last minute. And Leon Osmond, it was yeah, just, yeah. it was mad. It was like, it was am- I remember playing Birmingham City. We were getting beat and, um, I think we scored twice in injury time. Lee Cartley oh, yeah. scored a, a great goal, and I think James Vaughan scored yeah, as, well. as well. And it was games like that, and <clears throat> you're thinking the, the opposition were rubbish. The, the opposition were like weren't like big teams. But I remember those nights were just, those games were really, really exciting because we made them exciting. Under David Moyes, there was a lot of times you'd come, come out at time, 1-0 down, and the whole of the second half, we would pen the opposition yeah. team in, going at the Gladys Street. And it was... It was barnstorming. It was so positive. didn't matter who you were playing. We just threw everything at teams. And we need to get that back. We need to get that. We need to get that back. And we've seen it in these big games. We have. We've seen it against Man City in the Cup. We've seen it against Chelsea in the Cup. We've seen it in other big games. We need to have that in every single game. And I tell you what, if we did, we we would be looking for top four because it's in them. But they're just missing that ingredient. And I think the manager has to instil that in them, that he wants... A
1: higher tempo, pressing style of football. It's almost like when he's got to revise his principles and go against what he, what you typically associate with him. He's a, he's a better manager, isn't it? He's, mm. It's like when he's got to set up a team specifically to, 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 to cope with an opposition, and and he, and he details places to do specific jobs, and he, he makes adjustments. He's really, really good at that in, in that sense because we can cope with teams like, like Chelsea, like Manchester City, as we've shown this time this season. But all those, all those qualities you mentioned there about. You know, there's been a lot of stigmas about them in in, in the last few years. You know, people come in and obviously the the great success of the Barcelona team, everyone tries to copy them and do what they want to do. But those sorts of things have kind of gone off the Premier League, but they're coming back again now, aren't they? Stuff like hard work, having a good shape, being tenacious off the ball. And that's what Leicester have founded their season on, that's what Tottenham have founded their season on. And Everton under Moyes, although a lot of people have have been quite revisionist in terms of the, the style of football that was played. A lot of the times that, that's that's exciting to watch. You know, I I love the way we played on, on Saturday. And although there wasn't many, you know, aesthetic pieces of play in terms of attacking, really going forward, there was a lot of desire, and and that's what that's what yeah. people feed off. That's what the rest of the players feed off. And if 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 you can if you can do that as well as keep the ball and yeah. and, and and do all those nice pretty passing patterns, then that's great. That's that's what you need to do to be adaptable. And and Leicester, I think I think we mentioned this last week how there were times earlier in the season when all the games were end-to-end, they were mad contests, they'd score three, the other team would score two, and they've adapted now. They've gone yeah. to they've, they've got a solid base now and the winning game is one nil, like they did against against Newcastle last night and keeping teams out. So you need to have that adaptability about you yeah? because if we can play like that against against teams like Chelsea and then go away from home and, and do what we've been doing so well all season in terms of keeping possession, counter well and doing those things as well, then as you mentioned there, it's within them. It's just the the main issue with the manager it seems to be either one way or the other you can't really balance it or 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 adjust between these two pillars in between games at times when we need to and if he strikes that balance we'll be absolutely fine but you know as if we can win games like that at the weekend then there's no reason why we can't come out and press like we like we did in that game against other sides like Swansea or West Brom mm-hmm. or West Ham in, in the matches as well
0: yeah he he needs to go out his own way and yeah. that's what I know he had been last week and that's what sort of lost me last week was. He couldn't get out of his own way to ruin the game, and that's what I think. That's what made me feel like last week, like, he, like he wasn't the right man. Like, the the team were playing well with ten men, mm. and he couldn't get out, He couldn't. he he, he had to do. He, he he had to put his stamp on it, and by putting his stamp on it, he ruined it. Whereas yeah. you feel like if this team was just allowed to play on it, on its own, they 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 would win so much more games. Mm. Now that's that's. I just mean that on a match day like the way he sets them up and the ways the way the fundamentals that Roberto Martinez has instilled in this team don't get me wrong they are they are the fundamentals that have made this a, a, a good side when it wants to be hmm. but it's it's more just on a match day where Roberto Martinez falls down for me it's 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 just how he in game in game yeah. but also how he sets how he wants his team to play Whereas it goes against what is actually the best way of playing for this team, mm-hmm. we are brilliant away from home or, or generally quite good away from home because we want to play counter attack. Counter attack football is soaking, soaking up, or trying to soak up uh, opposition, and then hitting them on the break. And that means that doesn't mean that doesn't mean four hundred passes. Yeah. That means fast, fast football on the counter attack. Mm-hmm. You reverse that, you go to home games,
1: and suddenly he wants to play. Pass, 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 pass. And you're thinking, the two things don't go hand in hand. But you can play different types of counter-attack on football as well, Going, you can go away from home, and I think this is something we do really well away from home. We do keep our shape well, and we invite the opposition on, us we'll sort of tempt them to come forward, and then we can spring from, from deep, when we win the ball back in deeper positions. But what we need to start doing at home, when teams come in and sit in, and, and they're not willing to come out we need to get up the pitch yeah. and press them higher up and try and win the ball higher up the pitch and then move through the phases quicker from there which is something we don't do. When teams come and sit in we're quite happy to let them have the ball and then you look at games like the weekend and you think if you can press against a team like Chelsea who have got government good many good manipulators of the ball you can potentially play through that press and you can contain them you should be able to do that against lesser sides as well mm-hmm. you haven't got players you can play out from the back and, and maybe play through that sort of style so I want to see more of that going forward because in those first 20 minutes, it just set the tempo for the whole game in terms of the performance we put in and the atmosphere in the stands as well. They're the teams you've got to knock
0: over, like literally
1: you've got to knock over. If, if, if teams like West Brom come
0: to you, Swansea, and they want to sit back, you've got to knock them over. Mm. You can't just go, well, we're just going to play all this football in front of you and then throw it in the box and then they just deal with it. They're not they're not in the positions they are because they're good sides or they're good defending sides, mm. but if you make it easy for them by just, by just handing them it... It will be easy for them. You've got to you've got to find a way to get through them and that just means continually knocking on the door with mm. tempo. We're our own worst enemies. We've said it so many times this season, the only team that can beat Everton is Everton and I yeah. and generally still feel like that. And that's not like that's not being being arrogant going, Well, no one's good enough. Of course teams are good enough to beat us, but it generally always feels like it's only yeah. us. You know, you you know we all know look you don't have to look at the results, you don't have to look at last week. Um and you just think, if he if if Roberto Martinez can get out of his own way and suddenly think to himself, right, this is the way we play, this is what we stick to, this is what seems to get the best out of Romelu Lukaku, get, seems to get the best out of Ross Barkley when he's on the run with the ball, then I I, th- I think I think we'll be a lot higher up the pitch, and of course to him it mightn't be, it mightn't
1: be as beautiful or but it do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? It's, be- it's, be- it's better to have a job. Do you know what, though? Managers have got to adapt, haven't they? Yeah. Even, even the most stringent managers you who know, adhere to the principles so much. I mean, all you need to look at is is uh, Brendan Rodgers, when he took over at Liverpool, he played a similar sort of football than he just slow-passing, really meticulous build-up. And then when he changed the season after and he tried to play a high-tempo game, he played direct football with Suarez and, and Sturridge up front were a much better side and, and he, he persisted with that for, for the rest of the season even people like Pep Guardiola he's done things in the past he's played Javi Martinez who's a big brute of a centre-half up front trying to play over Dortmund's mm. pressing game and stuff like that you've, you've got to be adaptable in games and sometimes you've got to look at the opposition you've got to look at your players and think maybe a little tweak here and there maybe we need to do this a little bit differently I, I know what you're saying about we need to have the, have the same sort of blueprint and I, I agree with that but if you can tweak and little be adaptable for, for different opponents in games as well then and that that's something we've shown that we can do at times but if you can do that in game as well when you take a 2-0 lead or when you go 3-1 up away from home and you can suddenly go back into a solid shape and be compact then then that, that's what gets you through those sorts of games and that's not what we've been doing I think it's I think
0: it's it's also it's given the players the license to take the responsibility as well I don't think that happens enough I don't think you look at the team at times and you just think It wants to, it feels, certainly feels like it wants to move away from what's happening on the pitch at times. But it's not allowed. And sometimes you just think, let the players take over and let them do what they want. And, uh, you know, and they will, they'll, they'll show you. And I, I think they look more comfortable playing like they did on Saturday than in some games where they find it hard to break a team down and the crowd get a bit restless and then, you know, that's because that's that's another thing, you know. The crowd get the crowd from some courses get a lot of stick, which makes me laugh because it's like yeah. you see people blaming the whole crowd and say, like, Well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go, you gonna tell them all individually that they're all at fault for wanting the team to win or wanting a different style of football. Cause ultimately that's what it is. You know, it's seeing the same old thing over and over again. The crowd wants a certain style. It hasn't been given a certain style, and it almost it rebels against just watching yep. pass, 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 and again, I've got no problem with that because I get bored sitting there watching that football that doesn't really have an end result because we continually see these, you know, we've seen poor results, mm. and then when you get this kind of football, it's to me more of an Everton style. It gets the fans going, it gets um, gets that reaction, and and it's all positive, and it's a bear pit, and it, and suddenly. Goodison is the best place on earth to be. You know, it's not it's not this toxic uh, atmosphere that people keep on telling it is because it's never been toxic. Yeah, you, you hear booze and stuff, or you hear moaning because it's so quiet because the team are not getting the the team are not getting the fans excited. Yeah, and that's what you and you know. But you go on, you go the other night, you look at man the Man City game, the big games. It's a it is a bear pit, but it's up to as I go back to what I was saying before. It's up to the players to create that win. It's not an exciting and, game when it
1: is a Sunday two o'clock kickoff. Yeah, and, and those those sorts of principles suit the players we've got as well. If you look at the team that played at the weekend, the likes of Aaron Lennon, Tom Cleverley, mm. James McCarthy are all players who who prefer to, to, to you know, they, they prefer to get stuck in. They're not they're not intricate uh, ball players, are they? They're not people who, who find spaces in, in between the lines and can thread little passes through. We haven't really got a player like that since since P and R's d- d- disappeared out mm. of the squad really. So it suits the players we've got as well. And I've always said this, when you, we've got players in the team like Lennon, like Barkley, like Lukaku, as, as his goals at the weekend illustrated, it was so much better when they're running vertically with the ball, not when they're, they're drifting between lines, or are drifting into pockets. So if you can be a little bit more direct in the way you play and be a little bit more incisive going through the phases, then that'll suit the players we've got as well.
0: Yeah. Touching more on the game, obviously. Uh, Diego Costa was a godsend, I felt, on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> um Obviously, he was talked that he wasn't going to play, but he, he obviously started the game. But you know, it just just the way he was on on Saturday, I felt like it really helped us out because the the, the obviously you've got the fans having it, you know, t- he winds fans up so that helps the atmosphere. And then, but what I thought was brilliant is our, our players never really bought into it. The the they got in there, they got the little digs in, and then they got out, and they let him sort of like a boxer jab. Yeah, they got yeah. they let him go mad over it, you know. The, the the one was back with Barry early on where you know Barry's had a little go with him then he's had a little go back. Barry's used all the experience and got a yellow card out of it and that's that that left him on the edge and ultimately was you know he gets sent off for, for having the altercation with the the old the love bite on Barry. Um,
1: but that really helped the crowd and I thought we, I thought we worked him really well. Yeah yeah I, I I was speaking to Steve on Friday and he was saying about you hope Diego Costa's not fit and I said that, I want him to play because one you've got a figure there who the fans are going to get after and it's going to help with the atmosphere. And two, he's not going to be fully fit. And you could see that, couldn't you? He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't at his best. He's been playing really well recently. But he was hobbling around the times when Jagielka went through him, he looked as though he didn't really fancy it. And you could see he went over to the sidelines and threw his gloves off in mm. a huff, didn't he? And, uh, and the fact that he's never been sent off in his There's career... There's no greater sign of a hard man than throwing his gloves <laughs> off, is there? <laughs> no, yeah. But the fact that he's never been sent off in his career before before that is, is indicative of how good the atmosphere was and and how well the players did seem to, to get to him. And I think Hiddink himself said after the match that the Everton players chased them in the game and they were looking to wind them up. And he, he said, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not outside the rules to do that. And that's something, mm. we, obviously, we've talked about a lot and how we don't feel as though we, we, we do those sort of niggly sides of the game as well as we should. And the fact that they did do that a lot better at the weekend was ultimately keen us getting the results. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned there, you know,
0: things that we don't do. We don't tend to keep a shape as well as we did on Saturday no. where, you know, we respected the opposition, we respected... The level of the game, and it was great to see the shape of the side because it it was, you know, you people. A lot of people have called that for two wingers and things like that, and and yeah, you know, there, there is there is room. Obviously, there is room for two wingers if you play a, st- a certain way, but the way we play, we're just we're just too open. And I I always like to see Cleverly on the left because I think he gives you he gives you the balance, you know. You he he allows uh, Barkley just to be basically a, f- a free role and. Um, that really that really helped the midfield keep the shape, and then the fullbacks Baines being back I think made a massive difference. I mean, listen, Oviedo, yeah, great attitude, good player, but he's not late in Baines. Sometimes it's really easy to go, ah, uh, that you know, good player him, but I think he might be past it now or or, and then you get them back and you go, nah, yeah. one is just a lot better than the other player. Baines is just. Baines is another level on our Baines is one of the best left backs in in England, and, and only because of uh, injuries this season, he, he's a better defender. He's a better attacker, and he's got he's just got a little bit more nous
1: as well. He's just the little things he does in the game, which which you you think you know that that was a class little touch. That was a really intelligent little passing. Even the way he, he, you kind of take it for granted, and you think it looks quite easy, but the way he gets down the left wing and exploits the space when you know we mentioned there, what cleverly tucking in. I think Oviedo were times, when, when he's been in that position, as soon as he goes in, he'll just bomb on straight yeah. away. Whereas Baines knows where to hold his position, wait for the ball, and then to go to, to maximise that space on the left flank. And that, that comes from experience, doesn't it? He's been, he's been in that side for so long now. And I, I was saying uh, the other week about how I think Oviedo deserves to keep his place, but he's been out of the side now. Baines has come back in, and you can just see that little extra bit of guile. He's got that bit of class. It really, really helps the team, and I think Someone like Funes Mori as well. it will help him playing. You know, having someone who's a bit more experienced on the left side, Definitely. having Jagielka having on the other side, just helps shore everything up a little bit at the back. So yeah, he's got. No, hundred percent.
0: That's a really good point. That I think you know, early on the season when we've had the likes of uh, John Stones playing next to Funes Mori, there's there's no there was no real leader there, and, and now you've got you've got Jagielka back, and obviously. It still hasn't been perfect, but having Baines there on the other side of Foon's money, yeah. it keeps everyone. You know, Baines can look across the whole line and yeah. keep people. And, and there's also the other thing is that Baines doesn't mind moaning at people. He doesn't mind saying this and you're not pulling. He's got the standing in the squad to yeah. say. You know, he's respected leader uh, in the squad. He's, he'll say, say, you know, you're not doing your job or you're not doing your job or we're not tight enough. Um, and then equally on the other side, James Coleman. I thought had, had his best game yeah. for a very long time. I thought he had his. Um, totally focused at his mind. I don't know whether, you know, the baby's sleeping or not now, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> he just seems to be a lot more focused, a lot more on the game. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't going, bombing too far ahead. He doesn't have to, because he's got Anna Lennon, but he was helping create space for Anna Lennon. But at the, he looked, he just looked on it. He looked tenacious. He looked like he wasn't letting anyone get past him. He, he was concentrating not to give away stupid corners, which he has, yeah, he has yeah. done in recent weeks, and that have cost us. So, Everyone was focused. Everyone was focused on defending, hmm. just keeping a shape, stay staying solid, and hoping that something in front of them would happen. Which I think is is something that really was important. Not necessarily, you know. You you look at that game, and like, I suppose this is where it, 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 things sometimes fall for you. Things sometimes don't. So when they when they when they don't fall for you, you you. you you know, you make excuses or you point to things, but when they do fall for you, everything seems perfect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like last week, for seventy eight minutes, everything was perfect. Or, or, people got well. Ron missed the penalty that should have won the game. I can. I understand that point of view. It's not. It's you know. It's not necessarily the right point mm-hmm. of view. But it's not taking into the consideration everything. But you look at this game, and some people go, "Well, for seventy five minutes, we we were all right, but we weren't brilliant." You know, Costa may have. Should may have give should have given the lead when he went round Joel, but then you get that one moment of 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 uh, genius from Romelu Lukaku, mm. but that's what that's what you expect or you hope that you get from a top player like Romelu yeah, Lukaku yeah. that you want to be the difference between two sides. Your top players, your Ross Barkley's, your Romelu Lukaku's, that you hope that's the difference or that should be the difference.
1: Well, that that's what. But in a way, and I know it, sound a bit, it might sound a bit paradoxical, but when you've got a defensive side like that and you've got players who, like like Cleverly and Lennon who, who do a, a lot better defensive jobs, and like say Coney and Delafeu who have played in those positions at times this season, it, in a way it can bring out the best in the attacking players because you're forcing responsibility onto them then, aren't you, to, to, to go and win the game and when when you look at that performance of the weekend and, and how well we defended, Chelsea only had five shots in the game, one on target. And you think of the players they've got going forward—Fàbregas, Costa, Willian, and Pedro. You know that—that's a pretty decent effort by the defence. And then once they've done their job, it's up to the attacking players then isn't it? to go and make it make a difference in the game. And I feel as though Lukaku and Barley, although maybe at times last season didn't really seem to relish that responsibility, now they're a bit more mature. And they seem to, re- when when they're when the burden with that, that pressure of, of going and winning the game for us, they seem a lot more comfortable in, in doing it. And Lukaku especially, I think when when Delefeu went out the side, he had a little bit of a, a poor run, didn't yeah. he? Didn't quite look on it as much. Whereas now, I think he's got five in his last five uh, five games. Obviously, missed a penalty as well. So he seems to be, again, he seems to be able to, to just do it on his own now. He doesn't need Kone there next to you know babysitting him. Yeah. He doesn't need Delefeu playing... All or, or these passes into him, he can do it himself now as well. and well, I, I, that's really encouraging. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. He's young,
0: so he's still young, pretty yeah. much. So, well, he is he's still young. Well, so are both it, far, aren't they, Yeah, I think. mean, so it's when, as you mentioned there, when delafe was in the side, Delphay just seemed to be able to pick him out at will, mm. which could get the ball in front of him, and that's the main thing. That's the thing, I've been bemoaning in the last few weeks is that, ever since delafe went out the side, he's had to go back to goal a lot more, and and. He's adapting. It doesn't really suit him, but he's adapting. And players, I don't know what it is, but players just don't seem to be able to get the ball to him early enough, so mm. he's got, he's, he's running apt teams. Um, But what we've seen in this game was, you know, the two goals have both come from Ross Barkley just putting it into space, basically. Mm. I mean, the second goal, which I'll we'll talk about, is a lot better than that, but the first one, obviously, is just, it's just, Ross putting it into where Ron wants it. And, and and. The, uh, just having having the confidence to just say, "Listen, go and take us up the pitch, hmm. hold her up, hold her up for us." But you just think, once Rom is facing the ball, the goal, he's very very hard to stop. You're only yeah. either going to bring him down by, you know, the def- on him or a really experienced defender yeah. taking him into an area. But he he's getting savvier all the time. Rom, you know, he's people can say what they want about him. You can see from the start of the season to now he's getting a lot more cleverer in in he's getting a lot more experienced he knows where to take the ball he's not his control things like his control and, and his hold up play are getting so much better um and and it's it's creating situations like this now where he's getting that goal was like the full package yeah. there was a little bit of hold up play there was strength there was there was the the skill to turn
1: kale and then there was a just a glorious finish you mentioned there, I think that goal as well, there are, there are two really clever bits. It? And we were talking yesterday about, and you, you made the point that you feel as though you wait until the two defenders yeah. converge on him and then burst through the gap to, to take them both out. And I, I I agree with that, watching it back again. And I think the second really clever bit is when he gets to Mikel and he just knocks it past him and he knows that either I'm going to be in a Gary Kale on one-on-one mm-hmm. or I'm going to get brought down in the penalty yeah. area. And in the past, you look at him and think, might he panic there and just pulled the trigger yeah. or, or tried to go onto his right side? But he didn't. He was really clever and really smart. And as you mentioned there, that when when strikers do those sorts of runs and the crowd are up and the blood can rush, rush yeah. to the air card, and you can see them snatch at the finish. But he just keeps composed a couple of little feints to, to send Kale, you know, giving him a twist of blood, and then he, he slots it away. So, yeah, you know, I think a critical amount at times this season only because I think he can be. He can be more than a great goal scorer. and when you see him do things like that, it, it does drill home just just how good he can potentially be. That, as I'm saying, that that's
0: that's a goal where he's putting all his different attributes yeah. together, and that's what's so good about it. You know, you get people going talking about his touch, and he can't hold the ball up. There's been times where he, it has been really, really bad, and you know he's still still a young player, and you it's want, you know he's just becoming yeah. so much of a
1: better all round player in front of our eyes. Do you want some stats? Go some on, some stats. Right, he scored 119 goals in his career now, and he's 22. At the same age, Lionel Messi had scored 129, Cristiano Ronaldo had scored 97, Michael Owen had scored 111, Wayne Rooney had scored 94, and Luis Suarez had scored 77. So he's in pretty good company there. Well, the
0: player that the player who actually stands out out of all those players there, and this might shock people, is Michael Owen, yeah. because Michael Owen burst through when he was 17, a very young 17, and scored a lot of goals early on in his career. You know that was his that to be honest was his peak. They were yeah. his peak years. So you know all the rest of them, you know Messies and that they, Ronaldo's. They they didn't. You know Rooney they,
1: was well, He played a lot of games when he was young. Yeah, but yeah.
0: He, I don't always say I don't, I don't always put Rooney out down as an out and out goal scorer though. He played, yeah, I suppose he played a little withdrawn. You know, he? I, and I just, think I think yeah. um, I think out of all those players, Michael Owen was a pure goal scorer, mm-hmm. and for the the fact that he's got more goals than him. Is incredible, yeah. it really is because Owen was, you know, Owen was an absolute goal scorer when he was younger. Um, and I mean, you, he was ruined by his by by,
1: by playing so I mean, young. You've seen more Grace Everton strikers than I have. Where would you put him? Where would you race him in terms of in terms of since you've been going the match? Lukaku, um, he's probably he, <laughs> it's hard to say because.
0: I think, you know, I was very young when Lineker was in the side, but Lineker was... I was just going to say, he's the first Everton player to score 25 goals in a season. Lineker was Lineker. a pure goal scorer. Yeah. And you know what, right? And I was thinking this at the match on Saturday, I actually thought this to myself. The things the things Lukaku gets moaned about are the things that Lineker got lauded over. But the difference between Lineker and Rom was Lineker played in a two. And he could afford to be lazy. Mm. He could afford to just be a tapping merchant. Rom has seen as someone who can't afford it because he plays up front on his own. Mm. But I, but how's I that his fault? Do you, know nice I mean? I, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? When Lineker I, I said this earlier in the season, I said this earlier in the season to um to, to, to Army Baz on, uh, on, on Toffee on Taffy T V, little plug there. <laughs> um and I can do that now, I don't care. The silent show. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I, I said to Baz, uh he because remar- you no, know, Baz was having a moment about him and I said he reminds me of Lineker, and he's like, Behave yourself. I said, No, he does. He said, Because he only really come, every shot he hits tends to hit the target, hmm. and he tends to come alive in the box. and You don't really see him anywhere else. And he said, no. I said, That doesn't bother me.
1: And he's like, Nah, Lineker's the best. Like,
0: well, you know, we'll see. And that's what he's like. Yeah. He, he, you know, his goals is Lineker. But Lineker
1: wouldn't have scored a goal like that on Saturday,
0: would he? No, Lineker didn't have that in us. Yeah. but Lineker was pure pace. And was just a goal scorer. Uh, was just just an out and out goal scorer, um, and and I think you know Sharp. Sharp was a different era. Sharp just they not doesn't have the tools lukaku good. But at the same time, Lukaku wouldn't score the goals that Sharp would score at the moment either. You know, just. Um, but just not but but again Sharp didn't hit his peak till a lot. You know, he was scoring goals when he was young, but I don't think he was anywhere near. And again, all all these I think all the good strikers at Everton have got um the, the advantage that they played in the two. Lukaku doesn't play in the two, yeah. so a lot of it's on his shoulders. Yeah. Um he's a different kind he's obviously a very modern striker the way he plays. To me, he's he's I know you know he, Lineker, Lineker, Lineker was amazing. Um, Beardsley listen anyone who saw Beardsley at Everton was just he was just he was the word was, is wasted at Everton yeah. he would do things and the players around him would just look, good for. I'd look us, at yeah. them and just go what are you doing and he would see passes that other people didn't see and they'd make him look stupid but he was so in his first season at Everton he was amazing like literally he was he was like it was like a gem that you, yeah. you didn't deserve we got him at the wrong time but Lukaku was definitely up there and and if we were fortunate enough to keep hold of him for the next couple of years, he could he would be I think he'd probably be going and be the go be one of the very best of the modern era. Do
1: you know what else? I think if we can keep him for the next two years, I think they will be the best years of his career. Because <laughs> do you think? Yeah, because if you if you look at players like him who broke onto the scene at a really young age, you mentioned in there, mm. people like Wayne Rooney, think of Fernando Torres when Atletico Madrid mm. really young player. Those players got a lot of miles in the clock very early on in their career, and when they got to the age of twenty six, twenty seven, yeah, they seem to just tail off a little bit. And you look at Rooney now, not quite the same player as right. he was. Torres isn't quite the same the player game as he was. It with them, doesn't it? Exactly. And you think of Lukaku, and you, and you mentioned they I mentioned He's got one hundred and nineteen goals already. He's already played a lot of games for someone who's, who's so young. And you're thinking, if we can keep him, at, you know, and keep him for those next two years, when he's still got that raw dynamism as well as all his power mm. and all those attributes. Then they could well be the best years okay. of his career. Well, I mean, the obviously comparison people compare him to is
0: Didier Drogba. No one knew who Didier Drogba was when he was twenty nine. Yeah, till he was twenty nine. Sorry. So, but the, do you not think they're different types of players? No, I'm saying that's who people compare him to yeah. because of his physical, because of his physical abilities. Yeah. But I'm saying, um, no one, no one probably would have. I think I don't even know if Didier Drogba was in football at this age because <laughs> he was such a late bloomer. Do you know what I mean? He came through. He came through the levels. I mean, it's interesting. You know. I mean, the talk's come up now. You know, Martinez was asked after the game, um, probably just asked the direct question, can you keep hold of him? And he's probably just said, well, I don't know, because he probably doesn't know. It's not what everyone wants to hear, but he probably doesn't know, um, simply because he's going to be the hottest commodity this summer, especially if he has a decent Euros. I've said this before about Roman. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. Maybe it is wishful thinking. But after a big tournament, players tend to struggle. And I'm not saying he will, but if you play a big tournament and you've just had a season of football, then a tournament, and you go, would you rather go to a new club where you might have to prove yourself all over again, or would you rather stay at the club you've been at where you loved, where you can, where the manager doesn't isn't under pressure to flog you to bits? Mm. Now, I mean, imagine Romelu Kaku if he goes in the summer. I mean, he's going to be going for we. We potentially should could be double our money on him. He's yeah, that he's that good. Yeah. And we're in a, we're in such a financial position where we can ask for that. We're, I mean, we're very good at that. Um now if he goes somewhere, uh, wherever he goes, you'd expect the manager who buys him is gonna be immediately under pressure. Yeah. He's just paid X amount of money for this striker. It's gonna be
1: a massive club as well, isn't it? It's
0: gonna be yeah. now, all right, if he goes to somewhere like Paris Saint Germain, there mightn't be the pressure mightn't be as much because he's gonna be able to just Stroll through the French league, but if he goes to somewhere where the team is expected to do something, the pressure's on the manager. Then the pressure's on Lukaku. The pressure be on the manager to play him in every game. If Lukaku physically can't because he's, you know, he's just come off a. I mean look what happened when he came back from the World Cup. Say, he, yeah. You know, it took him a long time. There was so many things. If he's at Everton, Mart- Martinez or whoever. <laughs> Would, you probably wouldn't be under the same pressures, and Ron probably wouldn't feel the same pressures, and he's so he's quite a clever, clever lad, and you just think maybe he'll ride that, maybe he'll he'll, he'll realise that. I mean that's just me being I, yeah. positive about the situation and seeing the po- the situation from an Everton point of view and and what you want from the situation, but. He does seem a clever lad.
1: Yeah, he, well, he is, isn't he? You know, everyone it's been well documented. He can speak five different languages. You, whenever you hear him talk in interviews, he's very ah, he's articulate. Never back better me. Personally. <laughs> he's very articulate yeah. and, and eloquent. And the the only thing that worries me about it, I, I suspect, what will happen is Everton will offer a, a big new deal, won't they? In in, yeah. in, in before the summer, yeah. and and they might say to him, "We'll put a release clause in your contract, contract saying if, if you know a, a, a Real Madrid or a Paris Saint Germain come in with X amount of money, then then we we can let you go." But the only thing that worries me about it all is his agents. And you look at look at the you look at yeah, the clients he's had in the past. You know, you say that right, Balotelli. You say, moved on you, a lot. you say
0: that right, but I I don't think his agents as bad as people make him out to be. If, if you've read if you've read Zlatan's book. Um, He's, he's not that bad. Look how much he's
1: moved in his career. But then, he's Matt not Sam. that bad,
0: though. Yeah. What basically? Yeah, but but that's that that. If you read Zlatan's book, that's Zlatan. Zlatan wants to move. Hmm. He doesn't move him on. Read if you like. That's the thing, right? The and this is the thing about him, right? The the the, the agents. Rom like we've just said, Rom's a very intelligent person and I don't think he'd go to an agent who's just like wants to sell him. If you it, I, the only way I can look at it is by reading Zlatan's book. I've read it and basically Zlatan says to him, I'm not happy here. I want to move. Can you get me a move to um well he actually says, get me a move to Barcelona. He says, Right, you concentrate on the football, don't worry about anything else mm. comes back some weeks later and goes, Got you a move if you want it. And that's basically that's that's yeah. all down to like Zlatan basically getting itchy feet every three or four years because that's what he says. He says I want to see other things. Wanna. Yeah, you know, I like he loves he lo- love you know he didn't he got too big for Ajax and then he he went to Milan and and he went to Juventus and Milan and these but that is all basically down to him and I feel like that's the way this agent is. This agent will say to him, and we've already heard um Rom come out and say. The agents told me to get on with my football yeah. and start stop being you know his words. Where stop being a big girl, <laughs> you know. Get start making a nuisance of yourself. And we've already seen sides of it, like in marketing. Um, Rom's like doing a lot more with like Nike and stuff like yeah. that. Things that he probably thinks he's he should be doing, which an agent should be getting him. So on the agent point of view, I don't think he's the type of agent that necessarily tries to force the man his mm. is, 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 is people to move I just think he's very good at getting them moves where they want to go so I I think since this agent's come in I think Rom's been a lot more content in you know and a lot sort
1: I'm of being, like I hope you're right I do hope you're right obviously but I, I just remember reading an interview with him talking about Pogba because he's one of his clients as well and he was yeah. saying I I want him to move club three or four times in his career but, he, he said he that himself. Yeah. He, you know, it wasn't coming from the player; it's coming from him. But you, you know, you mentioned that, that really good points there about how, how that and you know he does seem like the type of character who wants to move on all the time. But you think why is Lukaku gone and got him then? If, if he's a manager, because he's, he's the best. Because he's the best. He's the best agent That's 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 the top and bottom of it. He's the than be- Mendes
0: He's <laughs> the be- Mendes is Portuguese. He basically looks after his own and, and basically has his own clubs mm. now. The way it's going, but um, he's he's the best one out there. He's the best one out there. You know, um as I say, he, he has a lot of good a lot of good talent on his books. Mm. You know, he's a super agent. He has a lot of and I just think that there's certain players like Balotelli and Zlatan who don't help the situation because they do move all the time. But look at Pogba. Pogba could have gone last summer when his, when he was sure, at yeah. when he was yeah. at his like the yeah. sort of height. There's a lot of talk about him. Man City, uh, Barcelona. If everyone everyone wanted him. Yeah. You know, everyone wanted him. And to me he's you know, he's a he's a poor man's Ross if you ask me, but <laughs> um but he could have gone last from it and I and you get the, I just get the feeling that this this agent's not as bad as he is. Now this this agent might come to him at the end of end of the year he might have a great Euros and he might say to him, Listen, you you know, I think it's but I, I don't think it's I don't think the agent puts the puts the thought in the player's mind. Mm-hmm. I think the player's still always in control. But I do think I do think the agent just basically Again, listen. I'm, go- I'm going on Zlatan's book, and it, it's a fantastic. He's gonna well be the Bible for you. That means fa- <sighs> <laughs> what a man! What a man! What I do for that man at Everton Football Club. He's got a contract in the summer. Things I- you never know. I know things I can't even say
1: for that man. Um, yeah, <sighs> yeah. And the only other thing I'll say about it in our favour is potentially where would he go? I, I don't think he want to go to Paris Saint-Germain because he's-, he's an ambitious lad. You mm. want to be playing a competitive league? Barcelona would be getting him because he's not that type of player for them. Real Madrid, they've got great strikers as it is, and you're thinking, would Everton sell to another English club? So, just I, I just hope the you know, Everton have offered a lot, of, lot of new contracts to players recently and, and give players new deals after this season. He's had he's got he's got to be top of the list now. It's
0: it's. I mean, it's really easy to look from our point of view and go, well, everything's great, everything's brilliant. You know, we're going in the right direction. He seems to be happy. Yeah, he does. I, see, I, I just think for him, it makes sense if it's well if he just gives us another year and just see how it all pans out. I mean, he used to say that this time next year, we're not banging on the door of the Champions League. And I just think I think with some players, it's not all about clubs. It's about experience as well. You want to move around. You want to see different places. You want to be part of different things. He'll think he should be part of the Champions League. And he probably should be. He's that good a team, uh, that good a player. And we need to be a team that can, and I've said this for a long time, if you want to keep the best players, you've got to prove to those players that you you're going to take them mm. to where they want to go. Now, maybe we're on, maybe 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 who knows? Everton might be about to become a club that can can challenge for a Champions League position. Now, it's whether Romelu Lukaku thinks, or any player that Everton thinks, "Am I ready for that? Am I ready for that now, or am I ready to go in the into the fight?" Um, now, he might think he's ready now after after this season. Mm. We'll wait and see. You know, again, a lot could come down to the Euros. You know, he's not the flavour of the month playing for Belgium, which is no, dead weird. No, to be fair, no. Um <laughs> <and Benteke laughs> yeah. which is just <laughs> mental. Um, now, again, they manage, the the coach might of Belgium might say, "Well, these are the reasons you're not playing in the Champions League." Blah blah blah. Not not that they are, but yeah. he might say those reasons, and suddenly, suddenly, you might go, oh, "I need to be on a Champions League team." But we we'll wait. Listen, we'll wait and see. But
1: either way, we're gonna be. We're in a better. It's it's positive for me because we're in a better position to keep him now with 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 Machiri there, and if we are gonna sell him, then you're gonna get a lot of money for him as well. Mm. So in, in that sense, it, it, it is positive looking forward. You know, he's got three years left on his deal. We're not gonna get undercut yeah. in terms of his valuation. So if he does go, it's gonna be for a, a mega amount. Listen,
0: enjoy him. Yeah, that's all. I mean, listen. Uh, talking out of experience, I've sat there and I've panicked over players, and you don't enjoy them. Just enjoy him as a mm-hmm. as a player. He's he's wonderful to watch. You know, he takes the responsibility of being an Everton striker and an Everton he- hero seriously. You know, f- as far as I can see, so I think people just need to enjoy him, and and we are in a great position. Mm-hmm. and And if he ultimately does want to leave. The the reasons will be because he wants to play Champions League football because yeah. he wants to play for one of the best clubs in the world. It the excuse of we haven't got any money and we can't match his ambition. It you know, are out the door now. So, you know, if he does leave, it'll yeah. be it'll just be simply because he just wants to go and play for the Champions yeah. League team and wants to go and wants to be up there now. But he's got this and whatever he decides, I I I generally believe he's got a good head on his shoulders and whatever decision he makes will be right for him it won't yeah. be it won't be a quick decision it won't be a you know it won't be just a, a quick cash in for him he'll make the the right decision for him and and we'll have to respect him and if if, any, if the worst comes to the worst... We'll we'll just we've gone by Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Let's let's move on. Um, uh, let's, very quickly, I just want to mention the second goal. Uh, but ba- fantastic pass from Barkley um, and an, an outstanding finish.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the pass is it's it's quite on the stage and it looks yeah. looks quite easy. Doesn't it? But he he does. Luke Harker doesn't have to break stride from it. And mm. anyone giving Barkley stick after that game it really did me. I didn't coming, coming coming home and listening to to Radio the and people throwing up saying, oh, he, he was really poor again, Ross Barkley. You know, if he's having a Chelsea came with a detail there to try and stop him from playing. The yeah. John Obi Mikel and Nemanja Matic the base of midfield, and they both smothered them whenever they could. And the lads come out the game with two assists, made two big contributions. Just, just get off his back, for God's sake. He's another one. He's another one. He's just yeah.
0: enjoy, enjoy the man, enjoy the man. He's, ama- he's, a, he's, a, he's amazing. Just, in, just enjoy yeah. the man. Uh, let's very, very quickly. Let's very, very quickly wrap this up. Arsenal this week. It's perfect time to be playing. Arsenal as far as I can see, he's you know, they they just seem to be
1: falling to bits again. March madness for them. Yeah, Barcelona obviously in the Champions League in, in midweek for them. Hopefully get run ragged a little bit there and, and you know, that, that Watford game, they were absolutely appalling on on Sunday and that. So they've got a soft underbelly still, as far as I'm concerned. Petr Cech won't be playing it. So if Everton approached the game the same way as they approach the Chelsea game snap around the heels, get after them, then we should, uh, I fancy just to get the win in that one.
0: Mean and moody again, that's Definitely, that's the name yeah. of the game,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Every, everyone everyone, get up in a great mood, you know, we know it's yeah. an early kick-off, but just, just get to the ground and, and, and get stuck in.
0: Let's get mean and moody. Yeah. Right, that's, that's that's all the time we've got. We're getting told to get out of the studio, they're trying to kick us out here. <laughs> <laughs> From me and Matt, we'll catch you next week. See you later.